Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape Podcast. This is a very, very special edition. I am your boy, Cheats. I am joined by the Kobe to my shack, the Josh Gibson to Satchel Page. We're trying to think of batteries. Flobito, <laughs> we're going Yo, back and forth. Up? What is good, Flobito? How you feeling? I, I'm good. I'm actually hyped, man, because you put me onto this. We were talking about it in a second. I was, you know, my own business. Like, yo, this dropped. I was like, oh, I got to drop what I'm doing. Check it out. So I'm excited to be here. And the this we're talking about is New Wave Baseball's Next Generation. It's a docuseries bought to you by Uninterrupted and Grapefruit Media. This is complete. If you're looking for anything else, this yeah. is not the podcast because this is the New Wave Recap Episode 1 podcast. I am so, so excited about this series. I'm so excited about what Uninterrupted was doing. Like, everything that Maverick Carter and LeBron James touch is fantastic. But when I saw this preview, and I knew the mission of the mixtape, I know what Flobito is all about as well, I said, we got to tag team this, bro. We got to go back and forth. So episode one is in the books. We're going to go back and forth. But I guess I'll start it because we'll, we'll, let's tag team questions. But I'll start it with yeah. the overall impression of what you thought after you finished the first 30, 28 minutes, 30 minutes. Well, the first thing I thought was like, wait, are they giving LeBron James treatment? And the answer was yes, because it literally was. I was like, okay, dark colors, like very muted cinematography, uh, young individuals like contemplating their lives and futures. I'm like, I haven't seen it in baseball ever, let alone with people of color. So I was instantly on board, but you know, you get kind of cynical. You're like, okay, what's the hook? What's right. the catch? Uh, but I like the fact that it just was onto itself, like a, co a cool story. And so they give us characters to follow. They, they kind of explain some of the things, even though there are changes in the way how they are people being um, farmed or prospected. But I was on board, man. I really hope that this starts to a whole new class, no pun intended, of shows like this to get people, young people interested in the game. A new wave, if you will, a new <laughs> wave of shows like this. Yeah. But I think I here's the thing: this is where everything's going. Everyone has a camera crew. Everyone has a docu series type. So here's the thing: I don't know if you watch uh, Drive to Survive, the Formula yeah. One reality series on. They made me a fan. I'm a DTS guy. Don't tell us for Formula One old school people. They get upset. But I'm a DTS fan. I, so so here's the thing. I, I love reality TV. I love Drive to Survive because it's sports and drama. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for that particular level of drama, this is not that. It's much more of a docuseries like, hey, rookie. Like, have you ever seen how what ESPN does with like, hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL type? Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. That was this. But here's what I'm going to tell you, which got me so excited. Okay. Based off of the young black players that they follow, there's so much potential. Thank you. <laughs> there's I so much potential for this to be a full-on reality team. No, no, I don't necessarily need it to be because they really do have a job to do. They've got to play <laughs> They've got to make this happen. But there's this element of me that was saying, ooh, there." not only was what I was seeing was awesome, but there's this, like, Ooh, there's this element of what could Yo, be with yeah. some of these with some of these players, because you already see the stories write themselves in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is so awesome. Uh, the overall concept, the foresight. I always am amazed at foresight about docu series, documentaries. The foresight that anyone would say, guys, 
we're going to have a 2022 draft class where a lot of black players are going to go in the first round mm-hmm. or have the potential to go in the first round. Let's start to figure out how to document the process for these for these young black players. And indeed, I'm going to say it a million times, make a new wave. What what yeah. amazing foresight. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And if you want to be cynical, you would think there was only like one white prospect in baseball. <laughs> what you watch out of it's like one dude from Texas. You can do it, bro. Oh, I, I totally get that. And I'm on and I'm bored with that. But I think people always ask the big question: why aren't black kids playing baseball? And and you actually have videos addressing yep. this. Yeah. And it go and it goes in depth. Check out the black baseball mixtape. But I think for me, from my perspective, my answer has always been you hadn't made it cool. So it could have been very dangerous to make the show that underscore the difficulties of hitting a ball with a bat or the difficulties of fielding a double play because we're, we're tired of that. Here are these kids that know it, and we'll have the and we'll get into each each person's backstory because some are legacy players, some are fresh in that regard, but they know the difficulties of it, and they're able to do it so well. You see multiple teams of any sport looking to draft them, which is kind of like human wish fulfillment. When we watch Drive to Survive, we want to be in the pit with with uh, Lewis Hamilton, but they have such a confidence at sixteen and seventeen that I don't have in my mid thirties. I'm like, this dude is chilling with a chain, is going, yeah, I could do it, and does it. I'm like, wow, these are the kind. Of stories, these heroes that that end up being posters on walls for kids, and go, oh, I saw, I saw RJ. I want to be like him when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? So, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the characters? Do we want to start with the background? You tell me where we want to start, and we'll go from there. But Can let's talk. Let's go the, into the, the series. The, the combine, like I, that to me blew me away. Right? There's this whole cattle call of everyone coming in, and you could opt out but still show up. <laughs> like that to me was like, oh, I was interesting as heck. What an amazing backdrop. For this series, like an amazing, because here's the thing. If you want to talk about the individual players, and we will. Yep. The other major character in the arc of episode one is the Combine. It's a character in of itself. And it was so amazing to see a lot of that process. Now, again, the fact that this is only Major League Baseball's second ever. So 2022 was their second ever MLB draft Combine. This mm-hmm. is something that the NFL and the NBA have been doing for years. As a black man, it always makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh, it absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's more uncomfortable in football and, bas- and basketball because all you're seeing is young black athletes being picked and prodded and looked over and nitpicked and everything. Um, but it's an, the combine is so, – I'm so glad you went there because it's such an amazing character. It is like – the theme and other character in this story. So I am also, I, I think in actuality, when we talk about the challenges of baseball and black baseball, the combat has a lot of potential to expose all of the clubs to players that they would never watch and never see. But, you know, the combat still just makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I thought I was the only person feeling that way. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going back to the gamification. And and this is that's why we're talking about it first, because every every one of our characters go through that on uh, this episode. It's when we play MLB The Show or any game, or even Harry Potter, there is that kind of an anticipation of being sorted, right? So that kind of thing that you can put yourself in that situation. What if I was a young person, really good at my job, and people were giving me offers? And we saw that layering. And so, yeah, it's new to baseball, a little bit different. And I've been to Petco Park. I did the tour. Um, tour is okay. I don't. I don't. I mean, there are better tours out there. But but seeing those the logos on the wall really brought it home. And so we were talking before about going live, and you said you were watching it, but you liked RJ's arc 
throughout this the most. Jeez, I gotta ask you, what about he's, RJ made you go like, that's my he's guy? He's the star. He's the star <laughs> of this show for me right now. Like, I know who Tamar Johnson is. Okay. I love Tamar Johnson's personality, and he is, you know, if you haven't watched yet, they, they haven't got to it yet, but spoiler alert, he's a, he's a top four, I think he's top four draft pick, top three draft pick. <laughs> he, he's an amazing player. Yeah. Uh, but the RJ Austin story, to me, just his personality. I mean, I was I was hooked when he was like, I eat Waffle House every day. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like sitting with he's go he he's he has the understanding, support, talent where he's already giving back and doing a baseball camp for like I want to think it was like seven and fourteen year olds. Yeah. He's with his girlfriend. His parents are like, This guy's a dream kid. And I'm just looking at everything that he's doing, and I'm like, this guy is a dream kid. Tons of talent. And you know what? I I, I love the arc. I love the fact that he's going to the combat. He's going to do all this stuff. But, you know, his fallback plan is Vanderbilt baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it doesn't work out, I'll go to Vandy. You know. and, and, <laughs> and, and so to me, episode one overall, I know um, when we're going to talk about each and every person, but they, you know, they followed – quite a few uh, of, of the star characters in the show and, and gave their backstories. But RJ was the guy that I was like, yo, I want to hang out with this dude. Like, yeah. this is the guy I want to be around. It, it felt like he was half my age, but he also felt like from a different time period. Like, uh, like, hey, you're young, young ripper snapper. You too could be a baseball player type thing. It was pretty cool. It's kind of a classic through line for a lot of people who are purists of the game. So sure. I like the fact that he is in this mix as well. Uh, and just to be able to be that bridge between two of them. But yeah, man, I mean, he looks like a stud, plays very well. And, and, the, and the fact that he is a legacy athlete in that way, but is forging his own path, it's pretty sick as well. Yeah, I felt like his and and uh, we had a lot, a lot of legacy athletes, and we had a lot of parents in the in the in the docu series in episode one, which I really enjoyed seeing because you really do get a sense of like who the who the young kids are, who the players are, by seeing who their parents are, and how they you know how they really kind of taught them and love. Them. And so it's like RJ's got this mom that's like you know is like I will do anything. This kid is awesome and so forth, and his dad is just like. Baseball wasn't my game, but I'm a pro. Like, I can teach him. <laughs> yeah. I can I'm... teach him, like, how to work hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, this kid has, he has it, man. And he, and, he, and he, he smile. He's funny. He's, like, messing around with his girlfriend. I just love it. I just, and he, and, and the, there was a scene uh, towards the end where they're all at the compound. They're hitting and so forth. And he was like, yeah, that's my girl. I got to shout her out. I'm going to get in trouble otherwise, fellas. Like, like the fact that he was like, that's my girl. Like, y'all, you can give me our time. But I'm rolling over here. I'm like, RJ, you are my guy. You yeah, exactly. Are my guy. And uh, to me, that's hilarious and wholesome at the same time. Uh, but if you want to ask me my favorite character. Yes, uh, I, I went through was, it had to be Jason Jones, man. It's almost like, it was almost like out of central casting about this guy who's just like built like a house, has his own logo. Just chilling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to be that guy. I want to walk into camp the first day and be like, yeah, I'm good at what I do, and I can back it up. That was the kind of cockiness, confidence I need every day. I, you know, I liked Jason's... I like Jason as a... I mean, obviously, he's a phen phenomenal player. Uh, you know, a lot, lot of talent. But his arc may have been the most interesting, most, like, dramatic. Because mm -hmm. you knew, like, bitch, he's, like, sight off scene. All of these scouts and everybody's, like, drooling over this guy. Yeah. But then you're, like, 
you realize you from his father and from him. And he's like, this is my prove it. This is my prove it time. I got to prove it. I got to, I had a down season. And um, there was so much of the, I love the, the additional commentary from like professionals because there was a, there was, they were talking about him and they were saying like, yeah, you get identified eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. But if you don't perform, Right. You're going to keep you're going to start falling and, call, yeah. and keep falling. And that seems to be what happened to Jason. And so he's like, you know, I'm at a, almost like a, almost like a crossroads. And I well, love that drama, that drama for him. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't want a, a, a network drop. But there's a time he's yeah. working at a major sports cable network that I'll extended. baby. And I worked at one of the 30 for 30s, a Robo QB about uh, quarterback Todd Marinovich. And he mm-hmm. had a very similar trajectory. His dad was the, was the one that prepped and prepped sure. me. All the meals, all the drills, thought he was the best quarterback of all time. And it didn't work out. And if you know what happened, you could totally nod and go on. But like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to, to, to perform. And there's a bit of self-doubt in there. But I love having that dynamic, the, the dualism of that, having that confidence. Is it organic? Or is it is it self put on versus the the uh, expectations? And uh, you mentioned it in your last your last note that a lot of talent I kind of say forgot about were kind of involved. Like David Justice looking like Uncle Justice out there, and Rajah David doing so analysis. Great. It he was great like to see. He looks like the anti baseball player. <laughs> yeah, it was like baseball. He's so that? great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just having that mix in there. But those two are the ones we're looking on. Uh, you mentioned Termar uh, as well, oh, and that's wait, wait, someone. Let, let me let's let's get back Jason really because yeah, I do yeah. want to ask you about his. His father. Okay. There yeah, was, yeah, there yeah. was some real poignant scenes w- between him and his father. And it was, I, I want to get your opinion and I'll tell you what I think. Okay. It, like I said, very much like the, 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 the guy pushing you over the wall, trying to relive his, his own thing. It's very close to being the villain, but the villain that you learn to respect later on. If this is the only two episodes we get, we go, you can go, okay, this is your, this is the, the, the Lauren stroll, you know, this is your, your, your evil dad in the room with a cigar and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, when you, have these skills as a father and I don't have kids. So I'm just guessing here mm-hmm. and you don't try to pass them on to your kids. That's kind of like kind of part of the job. Right. So I can't knock them for one, but that was the one point where I go, if it's one person, I'm not really feeling off the, off the rip it's Jason pops. <laughs> it's interesting because I also, I a hundred percent understand what you're saying, but he said all the right things in the series <laughs> at the, like, he was like, basically like I've done all I can. I've had I've been teaching him since he was three. I've done all I can now. The fact that when he said now it's time for someone else to teach him. Yeah, that's different than like a super pop. That'd be like, nope, no one else (laughs) is going to get my hands on my creation. You know, he was like, no, I've I've done all I can. You could tell, though, there was a lot. There was some there was some some stuff there that I'm sure there was some. You know, oh yeah, yeah very. Yeah. You know, it's a very, and so the, that's the question. Was like, do do you want him to be the evil dad, or do you want him to be the dad? Like, and I always use other sports references, but I'm thinking of uh, Lavar Ball, okay. where it's like at first Lavar Ball is like, yeah, he's kind of the evil bad. He's kind of the showboat, and and he's got the loud mouth, and he's putting all the extra pressure on the boys. Then you look at the results, yeah, and now you're like. You know, he's got two of his three kids in the NBA. And you notice when they got there, LeVar did a whole, he's a whole new, he's just right. dad now. He's right, right. Like, so I'm like, I'm wondering if this guy is, like you were saying, Todd Marinovich's dad or 
more of like a LeVar. Either way, Jason's been through some things. I think there's a self-awareness in there. Uh, and even if it's like self-imposed or decided to, to split whatever reason, like LeVar Ball, you said, it has to happen and it will happen. So I give props to that because we all know like dads do push their kids a lot. I mean, each of doesn't even talk to his dad when uh, he pushed him back in right. the day. Right. But at the, same, at the same time, you're right. If if the behavior changes, I will go, oh, I get it. This is just making sure your, your kid's prepped. If it crosses the line, then you then know. You're like, so then you're like, yeah, it's too much. So my, my cop-out answer, Cheats, is inconclusive. Inconclusive. <laughs> that is my cop-out answer. Ride the fence. <laughs> I feel like that is – I feel like his arc it could have so much drama. Yeah. Like yeah. so much. Because you could also tell he's putting pressure on himself. Yeah. Like he's like, I got to I got to do this. Everything's laid out for me. I've got to perform. And it's like, I've got to win these people back. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. You were going somewhere else. No, I would just say we talked about Tamar Johnson as well. And, and, and if there was anyone that was going to be on the poster of this show, of, yep. of the next generation yep. of letting players be themselves. And the show took the, t- took the moment to say, we're letting kids be themselves. So may say it's a little too late, but it's actually happening. It's Tamar Johnson. I don't want to spoil the draft. because That's actually going to be in part two, but we all know if you can just simple Google yeah. search could tell you what happened, but it looked like he was ready to be on those programs and those P- uh, popcorn tubs <laughs> to be a star of a team. Very dramatic opening to the entire series is super young Tamar being like four years from now, I want to be like a star. And mm-hmm. he's never, he's never lost that. And everybody that, you know, is talking about him says that's the guy, you know, the, the thing that impressed me the most is that like you were saying, Flo, he wears it so well, he yeah. kind of knows he's the man. When he walks in the room, but he's still very much a part of the guys. You know what I mean? But yeah. you you know he's got that per- – he's got star quality. And to the point where I think we might not have a docuseries if we don't have tomorrow. Yeah. Like yeah. that level of star quality and talent. The only thing that blows my mind is – and this is, I guess, a tribute to baseball and a tribute to 2023 and the scouts and people like Jose Atuve that are proven that it can be done. But you say 5'7", 165, you don't have a lot of scouts drooling. He's right. got every scout drooling at 5'7", 165. And I was like, that's crazy. It is that's on you. It's on you that level to to make the explosion and say, oh, look over here. And so that personality, the you know, I'm going to be a star, uh, but then still with the boys is really what being a star is. And I know mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it's intentional, just the way he is. But you look at the captain, you look at the last dance, you even look at Kobe, uh, rest of solid was always that. Yeah, I'm going to train hard. I'm, I'm better than what, what people give me credit for. But at the end of the day, there's still a team role. And baseball is still struggling with that, right? As a sport, as a brand, how do you market these players? We talk about Mookie Betts all the time, but if you're not a baseball person, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But this guy's a generational talent. So you got to be able to allow some of that personality, allow someone to be like, no, no, I deserve to be here. Let me do the today show, tonight show. Do what do people go nowadays? I have no idea. Uh, let me get some of that, but at the same time, stay on the team dynamic and not be a, a, a bad influence on the team. So I like the fact that Termar is doing that now at his young age because that's what gets you noticed. That's what gets you on, on guest spots and, and hosting award shows. And that ultimately becomes an ambassador for the game he does he has it all he has every quality in which you want to put him in front of a television have him give a mil- all of them have million dollar smiles but have him give a million but he's also very funny he uh yeah. like the one thing like you and i felt like you didn't get that much of tomorrow you didn't get 
as much tomorrow as you got some other folks. Uh, but you could tell like he's he's kind of funny. He's a funny guy. He's a great team guy. He's like uh, he was ribbing um, uh, Jason about his like is that is that your logo your trademark? How like how can I get one of those? And then he was like. <laughs> I got to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, he's poor, man. I don't know. Like, Where's my family and friend discount? You know? <laughs> and I just, I, I loved everything about, uh, I loved everything about tomorrow. Um, okay. Yeah. Hit me. Hit me. You know who we're going to talk about? We yes. got to talk about Justin Crawford. That is an anime storyline right there. Cause the we, first time I heard about Justin was in a tabloid when he was a kid yeah. because his dad was in a custody battle with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> And he's a a grown man. What I'm old. God, he's apparently. huge. He, no, he's he's a big. He's a he's a he's a tall, tall, lengthy, like yeah, suit, like mature. Justin, what do you I, think about Justin's character development arc? If we're looking at it from a television standpoint, that is to me going into the doing what I knew. I was like, oh, is this the same Justin? But like that to me is like the best. I say anime as a joke, but that to me is like the best familial thing. So your dad was in your life, but not all the way. Your mom mm-hmm. is supporting you, but she's not a baseball player, right? But yet you still find a way to, one, have the size but and have the skill where you did it on your own, but people are still going to tie you to your pops, even though you're trying to find a way to market your own and you're still getting advice from your pops. It's like a weird, like multi-layered thing of how much of Justin is Justin, how much Justin is with the impressions of media on Justin. This could be, if there was ever a full-time series, I think that's what you base it off of, just because of how many layers and threads yeah. you could pull from this. Yeah, I agree 100%. Super interesting young man and like you're saying going with what all we know of just like his family dynamic and so forth uh really impressive young man like super super impressive i think and it's very clear he has a super mom Mm -hmm. his mom was like you know basically where we going what we doing like what what we got to do now? What like she seemed so phenomenal, and and you could tell he has a relationship with his dad. His dad, he said, was you know obviously with him a lot in the younger days. They showed the clips of him, you know, shagging fly balls in uniforms, is like Bat Boy and all of that. And so you could tell like he's getting advice from his pop, his pops. His pops was with him, um, if if not in this episode, maybe it was a preview. He's with him at the draft, you know. So it's not, it, but it's definitely like. This guy has a different internal kind of struggle than the other characters that we were talking about. Like, oh, do I need to perform or not? He, you know, he's got family dynamics. He's got this name. Most people do know Carl Crawford uh, from mm-hmm. his playing days. If not, Carl Crawford's still in the press all often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's got to do all of these things, and he seems like, like, a really like. He's not as he's not tomorrow. He's not like a nat a natural put me in front of the camera. I'm a star. True. He's not an RJ where I feel like it's a natural put me in front of the camera and and we're all gonna smile. We're looking at him like we're trying to figure it out. He's he clearly a complex young man, maybe even a little bit on the quiet side, right? Or the reserve mm-hmm. side. Uh, but he's got this huge game. He's got all the skills. Uh, and it was just like I'm in. I'm interested in Justin Crawford's story, but I actually feel like I need more of right. mom, dad, you know, star player putting it together. Uh, you know, the coach said he hit like 500 his senior year when he put it to, when he started trying to be himself. He stopped right. trying to be other players, and I'm just like, this is great stuff. 
Very it's, great stuff. To me, that has to be by design. And, and, and shout out to Grapefruit for this one, because if you didn't know any better, or if you're just looking from the top down, you would think, oh, the son of the baseball player will be the most loud or rambunctious or be the one that's more about community service. But even though Justin doesn't really have a lane there, the fact he's trying to find himself, even though there is like a backdrop a shadow, if you will, of Carl is something that puts me on board. Uh, I think that's pretty cool because a lot of times we think about athletes, you get started when they're young and we go, oh, I'm 12 years old. What's the point of starting youth sports? I'm already too old. I can't be a messy. But then you look at someone who has started early, who has that pedigree, and is still trying to figure out the yep. best way to produce. And that to me is a cool dynamic. And talk about which fulfillment, watching that there going, that, that, that slow walk outside with mom to get steaks. <laughs> so great. I was like, it was I was so like yeah, I hear you. She's a great, like, Great mom. Like, seems yeah. like a, an amazing, amazing mother where it was like, you didn't have to worry about love and support. You know what I mean? Like, and right. I'm sure, I'm sure his dad is as well, but I was just like, you could tell there, and you could tell their relationship when he, when he went back to the hotel to give her the updates and the rundowns, she was just like, you got this. Like, what, what are we going to do? You know? Yeah. And it was yeah. it just, it was very like reassuring because it also feel in my mind, just by watching this, it felt like he needs that. He right. needs a mom in his corner being like, you got this. Let's let's make this happen. Well, let me ask you a question there, Chiefs. What was like the biggest surprise? We walked into this one, you're like, I'm not really know what to expect. Something came out of nowhere, and you were like, Oh wow, this show covered this as well. Or yeah, I think the depth early on, because again, it is not um a dr- drama, it's not like a dramatic reality show. Mm-hmm. It, it is much more closer to a docuseries of like just trying to get through this. So I'm always interested in what's basically allowed, right? right? Because there are certain things that like there's no matter what you think about this, there are agendas here. And mm-hmm. one of the great agendas of this docuseries, which is, I think, a, a good one. Yeah. It, Let's show that these programs that Major League Baseball is putting in place are actually yielding results. So right. all of those guys were parts of the Dream Series. And you go back to their footage in the Dream Series. All of those guys are in the MLB development. They've played in the in the All-Star games that MLB puts on. And you have footage of that, right? So there's this in the combine in itself. So there's like these arcs of like, Okay, what's going to be allowed? How much of it is is almost, I think, well-intentioned propaganda versus <laughs> what's really, really happening? So the stuff that I really like to see, I don't know if it surprised me, but I would I really like to see were those subtle interactions where it was like five of them sitting there talking. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, you know, there was a scene. I can't. I guess it was tomorrow was talking to a pro outside the batting cage and they were all like, oh, you got to go now. And he's like, nah, man, I'm soaking this all in. Like I think he's talking <laughs> to Rajay Davis and he's just like, and so um, those were like the moments and anything, any scene that Jerry Manuel was in was <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah. a surprise, but awesome because I know Best how legend. much he's around. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like the, the things that were awesome to me was like the, when they were just like kind of being themselves, but maybe they were soaking up some game maybe like it wasn't necessarily for the cameras. Uh, it wasn't necessarily staged. If you're sitting, you know, you're sitting in line waiting to hit, you know, and somebody's talking to you. That's, that's something that you're 
you're waiting to do, you know? So I I really, really enjoyed seeing that aspect of it. Um, And, 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 and we'll talk about this in, in, in later because it's, it's another kind of underarming, uh, uh, like a alarming backdrop of this is that decision. They, all of these players still have to make if they, where they get drafted, where they get drafted, where's the money. Am I going to college? Am I going pro? You know, I loved all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the, the split because I love the little graphic they did with that, but, yeah, but, but, but I'm with, but I'm with you, but like the, the, the I didn't expect the group conversations. Yeah, I'm not sure if five guys sit on a vertical <laughs> axis in a club. Yeah, I don't think you guys sit in a vertical <laughs> axis behind the same thing. Like so anyway, base. But the day if I they include and yes, you're right. It is it is propaganda because RJ base looked in the, in the camera and was like Thanks to the Players Alliance donating these materials, <laughs> we were able to have this game. Okay, I, 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 I get it. Yo, I shout out it. to Positive Things. I but that it. was the most surprise to be to see that group. So we'll talk about it. So when you are uh, drafted, you have a choice to make. And yeah. that's something I, I really felt underscored because I watched the draft last year live because it was out here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. So to me, that I felt the enormity of that decision. But they actually make it they make it break it down pretty easy, showing a graphic of where the different paths are for uh, someone who's drafted. And and it actually to me it just illuminates how hard it is, like basically with that it's a it's an animated graphic and they're just showing like the majors are way up here, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're a number one draft pick in the first round, or if you're a fifteenth round draft pick. You know, after two hundred, three hundred other players have been drafted, you got these tracks, and if you choose these tracks, you're most of you are going to start in a ball and high a and, and so forth and uh if you if you go to college that means you're not draft eligible again until you're after your third year in college that so you know that's when you're draft eligible again so you're like it's a real balance of one how hard it is to get yeah. your clock started to play in the major leagues and then also college is a little bit different with NIL but it's like how long you want to be broke cuz you're right. going to be broke in the minors you're going to be kind of broke in college some of them, especially like we were talking about RJ a lot, if RJ does really well with NIL at Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt he might do much better than some of the a kid that gets drafted out of high school and starts starts his clock. Um, but you've got so much competition because you got the kids coming out of high school. You got the kids that are drafted out of college. And then you've got a whole pool of international draft players as well that they really didn't talk about in this series. But – all of these people are fighting for the top of that pyramid and you're pretty much broke while you're doing it. So yeah, exactly. I think, they did a, I think they did a really good job illuminating uh, kind of the process, the choice you have to make and honestly how hard it is to be successful. Yeah. yeah hundred uh, percent. Maybe because I've done college a bunch of times. I, I couldn't <laughs> imagine me sitting in a dorm and being like, I said no to the Phillies to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, but yeah, it, it's true because you have programs like Vanderbilt, which are world-class. And yep. so if you get drafted pretty late or if the team, you're not really feeling and you have a chance to have that community with a team, like they were saying, the college dynamics on team is so different to just going from being 18 to Port St. Lucie or whatever have you. Uh, that makes it, but I didn't, I guess I didn't, 
I know we hear about rookie ball and eight ball, but mm-hmm. you're right. Like it isn't like the video game, of the show where you play like ten games in A and get promoted. Right. You could be there for yeah. years. Yes. You know, you could be in, in, in single A Brooklyn Cyclones playing for like ten years if we call it the double A. And so it is kind of a game of life type of risk. And I know it's kind of um, funny that it was eight bit thing. But that's the first thing I thought about the board game, the game of life, because there is no wrong answer, but there are a lot of mistakes you can make on going to the show. A lot. And all of this stuff, I mean, it's so great to see them focus on these players when they're focusing on them. But this is just the beginning. Yeah. Right. This is so far into the beginning of this arc where it's like, you know, and that's the mark of a good kind of docuseries, a good documentary. You want to know what happens to these guys as they go through their careers, whether they make it to Major League Baseball or not. You just want to kind of kind of follow i i know the first thing i did when i got when i got through episode one is to look up each player and find out like where they are right now like, you're spoiling yourself yeah. oh absolutely I, I, well, I mean, but i know well i knew three out of the four i knew where they were but mm-hmm. i'm like i wanted to find out like if there was any outlet and then i wanted to see how they were doing if they're in yeah. the pros or if they're in college are they getting reps? Are they playing? Are they, you know what I mean? Are they being successful? Yeah. And so I think the, for the people that watch this, that will be, they will follow these players through Port St. You know, through Port St. Lucie, through A-ball, through high A, through college. They'll, they're so engaging that they're going to want to know. Um, they're going to want to know what's next. And that's the most important thing. Cause it, it isn't like the you mentioned this too, which I'm so glad someone did. It isn't like you get drafted now and play next year. Or it isn't like you drafted now and you do half a season and then the star quarterback goes down and they call you up. Like yeah. you get drafted and at minimum, ain't no one seen your face for like <laughs> on ESPN for like right. two years, man. That's a grind. Man, imagine being like wearing an Yankees jersey today and then be living at a host family for like two let's, years after that. Let's pull it behind the curtain. It's really funny because like uh, we're both in media and obviously we do a lot of podcasts and I do a lot of interviews. I do tons. It's really interesting to see like a top college baseball prospect player right now. They're in season. So it's a little bit more difficult, but if I reached out to some of the top players at Texas or Vanderbilt or LSU and, or Florida state and be like, Oh, can I get you on the podcast? Absolutely not. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? Wait a year. Because they're going to be an A ball or, oh. or or double A or wherever. And guess what? You ask the minor league affiliates comm director, oh, can I get, you know, so-and-so on the show? Absolutely. He do like he do it. And it's just so weird how it's like there's these arcs of even like demand and popularity and so forth. And, you know, some people were t- some of the young prospects I interviewed um on the podcast so far will tell you, like, man, I went from USC playing in front of like thousands of folks to Port St. Lucie on 11 a.m. where nobody in the stands. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, weird. It, and it messes your psyche too. Like, again, yeah. like the minor league life, the live on the bus life that you got to find someone to give you a cot outside life. It's, it's changing. It's getting better, but it is rough and it's rough on the psyche. So it really is pick your poison. But I mean that in the most positive way about yeah, how absolutely. someone go, go up that chain. But and, and MLB, the show, I always go to the team. I always start a single A and I keep hitting uh, 700. <laughs> A season and hopefully every two years I get to be promoted. So. Well, let me ask you this: as we as we kind of close out episode one and we look forward to to episode two, what are you most looking forward to? Because we know it's really, I guess, it's going to culminate with the draft. 
Yeah, so so I I was at the draft. It was in LA Live, so it was kind of an open air thing last year, and I saw the spectacle. I didn't think MLB did it. I think it's a new thing, right? Because I felt like the MLB drafts when I were a kid was like, yeah, he got drafted. But now it's this big thing now. It's a big I wanted, thing. Now I want to see how it's uh, portrayed on the show because the documentary has two missions. One is to explain what the draft is and why it matters and why after round two, everyone goes home. <laughs> and, and, and three and two, uh, understanding like uh, the the enormity of it all. How will it be portrayed and how it be broken down to a casual fan? Is it going to be seen as like the scary thing? Is it going to be some, a pomp and circumstance? I really want to see that. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most in episode two. And if there is like a season renewal and we get more episodes, I would love to to see what happens to those who don't get chosen, who, who are showing up wearing the suit and tie and sitting there in their couch going, whoops, is that my year? I'm definitely looking forward to the draft. I think I'm looking forward to that that time period after the draft where they have to make a decision. I hope they show this. I don't know if they will. But I would love to get the reasoning, like the logic behind, hey, do we do we sign? Do we take this signing bonus? Or do we go to college? Is college still an option? How do I weigh that out? Um, and and like you know, how how do we go through this? The the other thing, and we we will never see this. We never see this. We only hear leaked stories, and we saw it with Justin Crawford. You see him kind of stand outside of a door. You see him go inside for the interview. Then you don't see the interview. You see him come outside. Yeah. I always want to know what happens in those interviews. Like what goes on? Because it's in the NFL, you hear crazy questions in the NFL and NBA. But it's like, I always, I'm always interested to be like a Justin Crawford. What are you going to ask? Like, what are you like? Right. What what are you kind of gaining? Because I think Justin was one of the players that didn't work out. Right. Absolutely. He just did did interviews. He did see interviews, which is kind of surreal. See, I had the comment going on and being like, all right, I'm here to talk, not to show y'all what I can do. <laughs> what do you think of that? What, what do you think about that in regards to just people, Justin in particular, but what do you think about people showing up and not working out? Uh, it's totally his right, and I and I understand why you wouldn't, uh, especially yeah. if you have a little bit of aura around you. Like I'm a p- big professional wrestling fan, and I'm going to bring this in here. But there was a time where if you only performed in Japan, you were a legend, and then you get to be on AEW every week. And we go, okay, you're good, but you're not as good. Yeah. So I, I, I I get that, but at the same time, you go to the party and you don't dance. People are going to look at you funny. I'm like is, is something okay? Is something wrong? Is it an injury thing? So if I was in that position, I probably would work out. I probably would opt out of some of the other things. But hey, you can't. Walter guy who says, I know what I have. I know my value. Colorado Rockies, New York Mets. I think those are teams he went into. Uh, let me know what's going on. The the combine makes me so uncomfortable that I probably wouldn't. Like, I know it would hurt your draft stock by not showing up at all. Yeah. But if I'm one of the guys we're talking about, mm-hmm. I, if I'm RJ Austin, I might work out. If I'm if, if I, um Justin Crawford or Tamar Johnson, I'm not working. Yeah. Like I, I'm not. If I'm Tamar Johnson, I'm definitely not. I'll okay. just be like, look, you, you. What else I got to prove? You know what I mean? <laughs> See my but, tapes. <laughs> exactly, but because I feel like it's a, it's an exercise of trying to figure out what's wrong. Like right. they're they're trying to figure out how to knock you down off the board, right? And so, uh, and it's just again that whole combine situation. I've never been in that position. I guess I've been in like tryouts and things like that. But the combat is something different. It's it really is like, you know, 
as a black man in the field. Let's Very talk about it. Hark, hearken to days where I do not want to ever go back to. Because it and, isn't just like you can run really fast. It's no. really fast. It's like wingspan. It's, it's, it's like it's finger really, length. It's like it's, it's it, bo- it bothers me. It bothers me. But yeah, moving forward, I want to see them kind of wrestle with. Do I have a decision to make? Um, you know, the one thing that wasn't present in the docu series, and maybe by design, um, but I love agents. I love oh, really? talk. I love talking to agents. Okay, I yeah. love trying to figure out how the agent is doing their job, how the agent right. is taking care of their player, how the agent's going to negotiate contracts or deals. I love that, and all of those players have agents. All yeah. of them. Yeah, but you yeah. really didn't see that part of the world. Like, what are the agents saying? Like, where is Tamar? Is he going to be one, two, three? You know. Right. How do you even approach a 17 year old and their parents and be like, no, your kid's the future? Well, the the answer in baseball, they approach a 12 year old and a 13 year old. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's how they do it. They get them, they lock them up so early. Um, But here's the thing really, really excited about this. And I do think that it's going to be, I think it's great for obviously people like us. I think it's great for the game. Do you think? And this will be our last question before we wrap up. Do you think this has the potential to transcend, to cross over, to be something that people talk about like in a larger scale? Uh, So you mean the the documentary or the idea of the company? So I would say yes, asterisk. And we love asterisks in baseball, don't we? Uh, (laughs) There has to be a two-pronged approach. So if you put the documentary out and hope for buzz, and if you, you get the buzz, it won't translate what does translate is when you have the content and you give people on ramps so these kids go on jimmy fallon and do a game or they present nickelodeon choice awards and they do uh charity events with these shag balls in some random town barnstorming i guess that's what gets people to go where are you from oh this show i'll check it out so and i say this as a content creator how many times we did a podcast have the best damn interview we ever did and they get 12 views and go what yep. <laughs> is going on but you get it's that happen- one- it's gonna happen right now yeah, exactly. It's all good, babe. Let's go. It's all there. Uh, We're there. We're there. Don't you worry you about get it. that one guest, for example, who has another following, they retweet and you get like X amount more than we usually get. That's what baseball has to do. Baseball never had a problem of having superstars, like I said before, on the souvenir cups, on the programs. Everyone who likes baseball knows Otani. They know Trout. The question is, is on the other side. If I am an F1 fan and I ever saw baseball in my life, do I know who Mookie Betts is? And that's the question that they have to answer. So to answer your question, I think it can transcend, but it has to be worked on on the back end with the Players Alliance as well. Uh, I think there needs to be just a little bit more drama. Like this is too... No, no, no. I think it's great. And I think it's great for people like us that love the game and want to highlight these amazing personalities and, 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 and people and the future of the game. In order for it to translate like Drive to Survive, it needs to have that that reality show tension. Mm-hmm. Yet, I will say this openly, as much as I love it, I don't need it for these guys. They got a job to do. We just talked about how hard it is to be successful. They don't need to be housewives tweeting and blogging type stuff. <laughs> but right now, this is for the hardcores. This right. is for the hardcores. And if it goes well, it gets the black community that likes baseball to follow it, right? Like they get a peek inside the window um, and it gets people like us saying, 
hey, look at all the great things MLB are doing because you see those in display. Look at all the great things the Players Alliance are doing. But I, selfishly, I want this to be Vanderpump Rules type, like, I'm talking following, like, you yeah. know, everybody knows who these these kids are. And I think to get there, well, how would you do that? How would you do that? How would you do that? Like, it isn't like a a, a Red Bull team where there's people in the paddock and these kids are all spread out. And I, I mean, well, how would you, how would the drama come from? Oh, no, Parents? No, no, we got, you, no, you're right. You got to, no, maybe. It's on your like, trash, no, <laughs> uh, But no, you got, you got to figure that out. You got to yeah. figure out that. And again, because it, in, in, in our TV worlds, you almost film everything and then you go back and make the script, right? Yeah. There's a script yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but again, all of those scripts have people hating people getting canceled and off TV. And I don't want that for any of these guys. But oh. what I do want is like, uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, that 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 when when they did that LeBron James documentary for the for his high school years, mm-hmm. you know, LeBron had been in the league, I don't know, 10 years by the time this high school years LeBron documentary came out. They made that thing the most drama filled And I'm just like, so there's got to be ways and maybe it's a little bit harder combine draft, but maybe when you get to the arc of a season, when you get to like, let me start really, you know, bringing in, look, look, bringing in more girlfriends, bringing in some coaches, players, like, you know what I mean? Bringing in some parents, coaches, because they're still young. Everybody's going to be around. I know people are going to look at me and be like, cheat them, you're bugging. Cheating, <laughs> this is not what this is about. This is about hardcore baseball. But I'm also looking at it like, how do we get my wife to watch? Yeah, yeah. And and Devin, props to the editors too, because I, I I was the editor many many moons ago. That was my my craft by trade. They did a lot with doing nothing. What I mean by not working out, how do you show someone not working out? Yeah. So walking down the long halls, opening doors, closing doors. They, they have the tools at their disposal. They have the technology to do it. But you're absolutely right. There really isn't a clear-cut villain. We ever talked about that. There isn't a, a clear-cut objective. If you establish those, it might be something you can clip out and put on social. Yeah, we don't hate anyone. We yeah. like everyone. Yeah. Like, we got we to gotta hate someone. <laughs> we gotta hate someone. That's what Le- LeVar Ball figured out. We gotta hate someone. We gotta hate somebody. Give the people what they want. Everybody loves that reality show. <laughs> True. Flo, this has been great. This is episode one, next wave. We are gonna do a recap of episode two. Do we do we miss anything as we close out episode one? Is there things that we think we missed? No, I can't wait for part two. It's new wave baseball's two. next generation. And you know, I, I want to see. Uh, renewed. I want to actually see a series. If that's possible. I'm not sure yep. the money situation. It's great. I'll see more episodes for sure. Absolutely. We are going to leave it there. This is the Black Baseball Mixtape. Keep it locked because we are covering New Wave as absolute best we can. Yeah. Yo, yo. I'm trying to play leaving. Right. See you at the end, bro. <laughs> <laughs>